Good afternoon. This is the Bottom Rock Podcast. Today's episode is about nutrition and anatomy. It's the week after the holidays, and everybody that came into the clinic this week was in a lot of pain. Uh, Their pain that was getting better did returned. Their moods were a little bit irritated. Their motivation was low. They were a little bit sad. They were a little bit lethargic. And they were confused. So they kept saying, Matt, what am I doing wrong? What happened? I was on my path to recovery. What's going on? Where am I at now? And I brought up the time of the year to every single individual. It's most likely your diet. It's from the extra Christmas cookies. It's from the extra alcohol. It's from the extra stress and lack of movement, typically. Every single person this week denied it. Well, I only had some, well, this or that. Well, nutrition is critical. Absolutely critical. It impacts our anatomy it, it, from a macroscopic level and a microscopic level. So in today's episode, I want to kind of get into that a little bit further, where I'm going to kind of show you some of the patterns and describe some of the patterns that we see in the clinic about how your nutrition impacts your anatomy, which then impacts your mood and then impacts your motivation and slows down the rehab uh, or your performance. And then what we can do is share some details about how to help that. So just to give a little bit of third party evidence, um, Dr. Tabung at the Department of Nutrition at Harvard, uh, Harvard's T.H. Chan School of Public Health, defines chronic pain as the being caused by the persistent low-grade inflammation. Chronic pain is the result of the chronic of the inflammation, and the evidence is quite strong that your diet can contribute to increased systemic inflammation. There's evidence that Harvard shares that the deficiencies in various micronutrients like zinc, selenium, iron, folic acid, vitamins A, B6, C, and E will alter your immune system. And the strongest scientific evidence suggests that foods rich in a group of antioxidants known as polyphenols can have an anti-inflammatory effect that helps soothe and prevent painful flare-ups. So what does that mean? Well, when we're missing some of the nutrients in our diet, our body has to find ways to break down the foods that we ingest. So when people say, um, I'm, I'm sensitive to dairy, uh, generally they're missing an enzyme called lactase. And so then when they ingest that food, their body has to create an immune response. So just like when we get a cold and a bacteria comes into our body, the body creates the immune response. It brings the immune system, the white blood cells into the area that the bacteria is, and it creates mucus. It brings the bacteria into the mucus, where then it does its job fighting the, mu- uh, fighting the bacteria inside of the mucus. 
That same thing happens in our intestines. So people who are ingesting the food, uh, the intestines become really mucousy. The, the lymphatic system and the immune system bring all the white blood cells and the different components to the intestines to help break down the food because it's insulted. And so it, it wants to break down the food to get rid of it and push it out of our system. Um, Symptom-wise, what that can look like is that can cause um, more loose bowel. It can cause some constipation depending on what's happening in the person's life. Uh, it will cause the bloating and the agitation and pain in the stomach. And a lot of people get a little bit confused when they're not sure which enzymes they're lacking or which nutrients they're eating that's offending their body. And so that's why some of the journaling or uh, recognition of these symptoms is key to finding ways to really fuel our body um, so that we can help our performance. And when we're injured or when we're going through um, a strength and conditioning program and we're we're doing our weight training or we're doing our cardio, we're breaking down the muscles and our immune system is then being activated to rebuild. And it becomes a little bit more painful when we're rebuilding and then we're eating those uh, foods that are insulting our system and it causes more pain and more issues. Um, so it gets, it, it gets tied in and how the holidays are related to that is... Uh, people are running around to the different in-laws, to the office parties, the kids' parties. They're grabbing the shortbread cookies, gingerbread cookies, um, the pies and the cakes and candy canes and all that kind of stuff. And the little bit of extra sugars, uh, dairies, creams, cornstarches, all the things that are in these um, delicious treats are causing the immune system to become overactivated some symptoms we might become a little bit nasally we might get a little bit more mucus production in our in our sinuses that's when people often think that they're getting sick but it's actually just a reaction from the food they ingested it's usually within 15 to 20 minutes after they've had something um, that their body doesn't really like so uh, if you're having a hot chocolate you're adding some marshmallows into it, you're enjoying it, and then 20 minutes later, you're sniffling, you're sneezing, you're having to blow your nose. Uh, it, it, it's, it's generally because of the ingredients in the drink that you just had. And, and trust me when I say people are that sensitive, they just often don't really connect it as much. They might blame it on the, a cat or a dog or they might blame it on the environment, but it's actually the internal environment. Just like I've said in some of the other podcasts, it's the internal environment that will challenge us more than the external environment. But not to be a, a buzzkill, but there are some fun foods that we can eat. There's the dark chocolate, uh, dark chocolate being 70% um, concentrated with the coke, uh, cocoa, or cacao. I don't know why I said cocoa, but cacao. Uh, some red wine also has some some great 
um, polyphenols in it that will help um, support the immune system. Obviously not too much, but a glass to a glass and a half will do that. Uh, with the dark chocolate, an ounce to an ounce and a half is, a, is actually a good therapeutic dose of the dark chocolate. Uh, you can add the dark chocolate with goji berries or blueberries, uh, a nice sweet treat that, that will kind of satisfy us, but then also um, support our immune system and support our body. Uh, there's also uh, grass-fed beef or grass-fed um, protein sources versus grain-fed. The, the grass-fed is more supportive versus the grain-fed because there's different uh, nutrients that will be found in the grain-fed beefs and chickens and different things versus the grass-fed. So the grass-fed actually uh, allows our immune system to be a bit more calm and uh, actually anti-inflammatory. And then herbs and spices, we've got uh, paprika, rosemary, ginger, uh, turmeric, sage, cumin, cloves, cinnamon, marjoram, tarragon, and green tea. All of those are very supportive of anti-inflammatory effects for our body. Those are key for reducing uh, arthritic pain, joint pain um, found from the arthritis. Particularly, it's uh, great and powerful for people in the smaller joints like the fingers, the toes, um, uh, the ankles, uh, also some of the larger joints um, like the knees and the hips. Uh, a nice like concoction, uh, ginger tea or golden milk um, with the ginger, turmeric, cinnamon, nutmeg is a, is a great um, evening drink that you can have that will support the inflammation and cause uh, your stomach to kind of calm down a little bit uh, if you've had some uh, a dinner or dessert that has caused some bloating or, or pain um, or just ginger, lemon, honey uh, alone in, in uh, warm water uh, helps to calm the bloating and um, help sedate as well as peppermint, sedate the, uh, the pain in the stomach. And that will have a significant effect on your pain symptoms. Um, so how is my anatomy affected and how can I identify what's happening? So when we're eating some of these foods that are aggravating us, the person comes in, they've got some, or they're, they're calling me or texting saying, I've got some general low back pain or hip pain. Uh, specifically on the left hip, uh, might cause some pinching. The left hip is because it's the descending colon. Um, so just the lower bowel, just before we excrete, that can become a little bit inflamed or um, get a little bit of extra volume when we're in the sympathetic stage. So that fight, flight, or freeze response from all that running around, or if we're a little bit anxious, like going to our in-laws' house or going to a restaurant or somewhere, and we can, and we have um, some uh, um, shy bowels, we we might hold back a little bit and we can't excrete as much. That kind of pain and symptom builds up into that left side. Uh, that extra weight will, will cause the low back pain um, to increase a little bit and there will be some inflammation. So those, those uh, foods that I just mentioned will help uh, with the, the blood flow and with helping that pain. But what happens is... Um, 
it causes the anatomy to inflame a little bit. So the bowels are inflamed a little bit. It um, causes a little bit of extra tension in the fascia, this thin um, sheath that runs over the hips. Uh, and then it causes um, some sliding forward of the um, femoral head, so the leg bone, the large leg bone. That sometimes will slide forward a little bit to gain a little bit of extra stability through the hips. And that's why there's a pinching pain. When we lift our hip up or we sit down and we need to kind of shift one way or another, there's a tight pinch um, in the front of the hip. That's because when our bowels are a little bit inflamed, might be a little bit backed up or irritated, uh, and then um, the nervous system is a little bit more agitated as well. So what we need to do there, uh, which we'll get into a little bit later, is um, some glute activation, some things to calm the nervous system down, and um, that will relieve a lot of the, the issues. So there are a couple components of the nervous system. There's the sympathetic component of the nervous system and parasympathetic component of the nervous system. And the sympathetic nervous system is related with the fight, flight, or freeze response. And the parasympathetic is rest and digest. When we are going through the holidays, uh, you've got the sympathetic innervation that's going to be stronger. When we're going through times of stress, it's going to be stronger. The parasympathetic nervous system cannot overpower the sympathetic. So our rest and digest cannot overpower the fight, flight, or freeze response because it's just our evolutionary process that keeps us alive. It keeps us focused. It keeps us aware of our environment. And the sympathetic nervous system activates our adrenal glands, which then sits on top of the uh, kidneys and sits on top of the hip flexors um, deep in our abdomen and so that gland lasts longer um, than the sympathetic or parasympathetic nervous system. So that's partly why it's tough to relax during times of stress because of how powerful that sympathetic system is. And it's related to the hip because the descending colon, there are nerve fibers, the parasympathetic fibers come out of um, the lower tailbone area, um, we'll call it S2 to S4. Um, that's the pelvic splenic nerves. Um, so um, the pelvic splen uh, splenic nerves, saying that weird, but it's coming out of the tailbone and it wraps around the inside of the pelvis to the um, descending colon. So that's what actually allows the colon to um, both dilate and constrict. But that's controlled initially by the sympathetic innervation up higher. So from T9 to T12, that's kind of mid-back, slightly about an inch below the shoulder blades. And it runs down to the hypogastric nerve uh, which is the T12 to L2 area. So just kind of 
slightly above, if we drew a line from our belly button, just above the belly button line on our back, that's kind of the area where we're going to get that like mid-back pain starting. And that's because we're in that fight, flight, or freeze response uh, during the holidays and during times of stress of running around. But that innervation is going to block the ability of our bowels to release. And that's what starts the process of increasing pain in the left hip, uh, getting that general low back pain, because it's these um, interesting little nerves and bundles of nerves through the front of the spine that um, tell the bowel to relax. Uh, and, and they're telling it not to relax during that time because of how they operate. Uh, so it's not allowing them to rest and digest. It's quite fascinating. So then it leads to the left hip pain. Again, pinching. Um, you might be able to go from uh, the changes of the bowel, so loose. So you might get kind of the explosive diarrhea. You might get into... Um, they're releasing a lot. I like uh, somebody said, like I had, I had to kind of poop like four or five times, and I didn't have to poop for another day or so. Uh, they'll get a fullness in the lower left abdomen or in the front near the belly button, just below it, uh, and you'll get the bloating. Um, and depending on how the hips sit, uh, you might get some pain on the outside of the hip. But it's all related to the colon, and it's all related to the sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system which is fueled by our nutrition so what we need to do is kind of take note of what we're eating how we're how and how often we're eating and how to kind of check in and get back to our um, performance programming and not get too demotivated just Understand that the pain is going to be normal and we can get rid of it with a little bit of a, a fine-tuned effort um, over the next couple of weeks as we go through our January um, kind of exercise, new exercise regimes. We want you guys to keep going on your exercise regimes, your new health kicks. We want the health kicks to become a health lifestyle. And so... That's kind of why I'm sharing this information so that you're not getting too uh, discouraged. The other part of the body that can that came up this week that's also related to the holidays and to the a system with pain related and, and confusion with people is the neck pain. Typically neck pain, shoulder blade pain, um, and uh, some people will get into rib pain if they're aware of their anatomy enough, and then headaches. The pain is usually on the left. It's usually uh, just above the shoulder blade, just a little bit off-center from where the neck meets the shoulder into the traps, and that's because of the phrenic nerve. The phrenic nerve is, is a sympathetic nerve, and what that does is... It innervates the bottom of the heart, the diaphragm, and top of the stomach. You might have heard recently there's a bit of a trend about um, activation of the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve is very similar to the phrenic nerve. 
they run very closely to one another. But the vagus nerve is uh, a parasympathetic-driven nerve, where the phrenic nerve is a sympathetic-driven nerve. There's a ton of books and podcasts and literature out there right now that is getting people to activate their phrenic nerve, or sorry, their vagus nerve. But first we have to relax or kind of wear out our phrenic nerve a little bit. Um, We can differentiate which one is aggravating us by some of the anatomy and kind of taking note. So the phrenic nerve will lead to a deeper neck pain, kind of right deep in the spine, often to the left side. Uh, It'll be cause some TMJ pain, um, a little bit more clinching at night of the jaw, and also may lead to heartburn. And that's because of the this nerve innervating the diaphragm. So when it's a little bit hyperactive, it, the brain is sending the electricity through the phrenic nerve down along the heart, both into the left and right side, and then it splays over top of the diaphragm, and it keeps the diaphragm tight. So when our esophagus is running through the diaphragm, and the diaphragm is too tight, the food will get stuck like just mechanically through that little tube. It gets compressed a little bit, and that will cause some of the heartburn. That's a symptom of the phrenic nerve being a little bit too hyperactive. And again, the phrenic nerves are longer lasting because of the fight, flight, or freeze response and their activation to the adrenal glands. So we need to relax those sympathetic nerves, specifically in the neck, the the, uh, phrenic nerve, to allow the vagus nerve to become more activated to calm us down. So we want to stop the stimulation in order to activate the relaxation. Hormonally, and with uh, neurotransmitters, we have the norepinephrine, is a neurotransmitter that's released from the sympathetic nervous system, so the phrenic nerve, where the serotonin and dopamine are typically released from the parasympathetic nervous system and nerves. So serotonin is a neuromodulator. It keeps everything balanced. Um, It's released with ingestion of food, and helps with uh, appetite um, regulation. And dopamine is released when we smell food, where the serotonin inhibits dopamine after we start ingesting food. So I'll say that again. So serotonin is released when we ingest food, and when we ingest the food, it relaxes and slows down the release of the dopamine, the happier hormone, or neurotransmitter when the uh, when we smell food when we are in our kind of pleasure mindset that's when we're getting our dopamine released so um, alcohol uh, libido uh, the good foods like those kind of things uh, drugs those stimulant foods release the dopamine those are like the happier things but what happens when we ingest that too much and too often we inhibit our brain and our body from releasing the dopamine naturally and so what happens after 
we go through those extended periods of alcohol use, drug use, um, uh, overeating, those kind of things, our body can't release the dopamine. And so we go into that low. We go into like a lower period for two or three days until our receptors of our nerves kind of adjust again. And then they bring our serotonin and dopamine levels back up to a more appropriate state. Uh, One point that's interesting to see with something that may be caused by low serotonin. So overeating is a sign of low serotonin. So when if we have too much serotonin or sorry, too little serotonin, the signal to our brain doesn't tell us to stop eating. So that's when we can eat like a whole pizza or we can eat um, a whole bag of chips or we're overeating. Our body, it's a, sim- it's a symptom of not being able to produce enough serotonin, uh, which will then allow us to regulate ourselves, um, which will then obviously allow us to maybe to uh, not gain so much weight over the holidays or during stressful periods of time. So how can we affect our serotonin and dopamine and norepinephrine and and these things that impact our nervous system performance with food. Well, serotonin, again, the neuromodulator, keeps everything nice and balanced. The eggs um, help with the serotonin release. Salmon helps with serotonin release and pineapple as well. Pineapple, blueberries, um, blackberries, those colorful, darker foods help our body to produce the serotonin. That keeps everything balanced, modulated, everything nice and even, not too high, not too low, keeps everything kind of focused uh, where it needs to be. Versus norepinephrine is released uh, when we need to go into the sympathetic stage. So we need more focus. We need to be more dialed in. Um, in a more of our performance, that will be released when we ingest the lean meats, um, different fruits like bananas, citrus foods, or coffee. If you need a little bit more activation from the caffeine in the coffee, um, a bit of citrus will actually amplify the effect of the caffeine um, by increasing the level of norepinephrine in our nervous system to keep us dialed in for longer periods of time. But again, that's a sympathetic phase. So once we're coming out of the holiday season, we want to relax that sympathetic phase. We want to lower the norepinephrine release and increase the serotonin um, production so that we can get into the rest and digest and relax um, so that we can recover a little bit better. Some supplements that I would recommend, uh, vitamin B6 and B12 will help serotonin. Uh, astaxanthin is, is great for the mind. It's great for the eyesight, uh, which will then help with our sleep and our recovery. Astaxanthin um, is found in shellfish um, naturally. However, it, the supplement itself because of how it's um, extracted and and used, it d- isn't uh, isn't a concern generally for people with sh- uh, shellfish allergies. But what it does is it decreases inflammation in the optic nerve and the cerebellum. So people often will get 
during this time of the year as well, we'll get uh, sleep um, regulation issues. So trouble staying asleep, um, trouble dropping into the deep, deep REM sleep, the deepest part of sleep. And that's because our optic nerves are a little bit inflamed, again, from the diet, from the extra sugars and stress. And then uh, it, it inhibits the signal that goes from the eyes through the optic nerve to the brainstem to the pineal gland to say, hey, we want to rest and, and recover and sleep tonight. So the astaxanthin re- removes that inflammation and then allows us and allows the pineal gland to produce more melatonin. In the cerebellum, your, your, uh, the area of the brain at the back helps with balance and coordination. You might notice um, if your gut is a little bit inflamed and you've been eating a little bit more poorly, the balance is a little bit off. So that's because we're not able to contract our core muscles as much, but also the inflammation around the cerebellum um, microscopically with uh, the impact of the anatomy of the brain. So astaxanthin will also help contribute to that. You combine that with the, the good pineapple and the berries and the healthier foods to, and ginger and uh, turmeric, which will help the gut inflammation and the balance will return pretty quickly. If you're noticing when you're doing the exercise that it's, tr- it's a little bit difficult at first, just take a few extra mo- moments to activate the core, um, do some belly breathing, kind of get tuned in and then get back into the balance and agility work. A few other things that we can do, um, warm cloths, uh, like anything that's soothing, warm baths, uh, the sea salt baths with uh, lavender, with um, magnesium, um, Epsom salt baths, uh, float tanks, um, sensory deprivation tanks, uh, longer walks, all of that stuff helps to stimulate more immune response to to get rid of the the pain to bring more oxygenation through the blood to get the iron and and the hemoglobin moving through our body and through our blood which will reduce our pain and then will allow our body to rest and digest i also find um the longer cardio anybody with that deep neck pain the phrenic nerve pain the longer cardio helps to relax, almost like burn out that phrenic nerve uh, and then burn out that sympathetic nervous system, which will then allow that vagus nerve to be more dominant and gain a restful sleep. You'll see it with kids. Kids, they've been running around all day. Uh, they've been jumping all over. They've been outside playing in the snow or, or tobogganing. They're really exhausting their sympathetic nervous system and then that allows they they crash in the car on the way home or they can barely keep their eyes open at dinner that's because their sympathetic nervous system is completely kind of exhausted and that's what we forget to do sometimes as adults so the longer cardio workouts running about seven eight nine ten k uh, even at an even uh, pace, going for longer 
uh, stationary bike rides, like 45 minutes plus, will help to burn out that sympathetic nervous system, which will then allow that vagus nerve to become more activated and get into that nice deep sleep. So again, to kind of work backwards, um, the pain in our body is a symptom from the nutrition that we're intaking. The nutrition that we're intaking causes a immune response, which can lead to increased pain, uh, changes in neurotransmitters. So then that leads to change of mood, change of focus, change of uh, motivation, and then um, lowers our performance. But the food can also then, once we see that pattern and don't get discouraged at this time, we all had fun, we ate well, visited family and friends, whether they're irritating or not, it's all good. We can move now forward into the new year, get back onto our healthy exercise regimes and our um, plans for 2023. We intake those healthy herbs and spices and lean meats and um, fruits and vegetables, you'll see that pain start to decrease. You'll see your performance increase and you'll see your restful sleep um, being restored as we move into January and February. And that will allow us to kind of stay on our exercise plans and our, our, um, our goals here for 2023. I wanted to share that today because Sometimes when we're sitting on that bottom rock and we were getting some momentum, we were getting further ahead and we hit a bit of a stumbling block um, from obligations. It's not just during the holidays, but at any point in time, check in with our nutrition to see how it's impacting our pain, see how it's impacting our mood. And then um, we can be a little bit forgiving with ourselves because sometimes we we. We need to kind of soothe ourselves with the food or with the different um, activities. It's all good, but just uh, break down bite-sized pieces of how to move forward, stick to the plan, and keep moving and get back to healthier eating when possible because it will challenge your nervous system, but we can then support our nervous system by um, checking in with where we're at, what we did, and what we need to do to get back to our positive movement forward. Thank you. That is the bottom rock.